Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good afternoon to you all. Show number two here on this Friday. Uh, Last show in the month of September, ladies and gentlemen. Our next episode of Fantasy NBA Today will be in the month the NBA season begins. That's a damn fine feeling, but... I'm not going to sit here and talk about the countdown for all that much time because today is a glorious day. You probably saw either the name of the show or you saw the thumbnail if you're watching. It's Punt Points Day. This is the one I wait for. This is the one you guys know. I call it the give up because I often do it partway through a year. But, and I'll bring his face on screen now for YouTube subs, Tim Sim is with us to talk punt points. I'm going to do my best as a precursor before I even say hello to you, Tim. You have to just sit there and stare because I'm nothing if not professional. Uh, I want to try to get out of the way a little bit on this show because everybody's heard me talk for years about how this is my favorite way to totally flip a board. Nobody drafts punt points. Everybody is attacking this like right from the jump. There is no... There is no better way to completely uh, disrupt a fantasy board than this, but I often do it in Roto, and I want this to be applicable really on both sides, and there are certain things on head-to-head, on the head-to-head ledger that are a little bit more random week-to-week, so you're going to help me fill in the gaps on that, and now I can officially say, hey, Tim Sim, ladies and gentlemen, here to talk punt points. Tim, fellow Angelino on the show What's up, dude? Welcome. What is up? Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. You actually host a weekly episode for Baseball DFS on the DFS Today feed. So you are, you're not an inexperienced Sports Ethos podcaster, but this is the first time our pads had crossed. And frankly, I didn't know that you were a punt points guy until I went in our contributor Slack room and was like, hey, anybody want to talk punt? And you were like, hey, punt points. So, um, What's the backstory there a little bit? Why, why punt points? Is it, do you see it the way I see it? Is it something else that you fell into and then fell in love with? Uh, because it is a it is a weird one that we have sort of grabbed onto. It is weird. It kind of goes against everything that you've learned as a basketball watcher your whole life. You know, most points wins. So I'm, I've been doing fantasy basketball for 17 years. As you go on, you get more experienced, you realize which categories are the easiest to target, which like the sample size for points is easily the largest. So there are more guys who score at a higher volume as opposed to, you know, higher steel guys, higher block guys, guys that are good in turnovers. So just by virtue of what is available, and as you were saying, it's it's a different draft process when you go in with a point, punt point build because half of the board you're not even looking at. Yeah, you know, it's, can, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to jump in on you there. Uh, so one of my, I have a few questions actually that, that stem from what you were saying. The first one is, what are, what are some of the pitfalls potentially of punting points? Because you were saying it goes against everything we've taught. Certain other categories do kind of go hand in hand with points. What are you at risk of losing out on if you go into a draft with that in mind and believe I like I have a hundred questions here. So that's just where we're getting started. Well, I would say the trickiest thing to do is um, 
to shore up your percentages going into a punt points build, especially with free throw. I think early you kind of have to target guys who are elite free throw guys just because when you're talking about punt points, you have less volume later on in the draft. So guys just have the ball less. So they're going to take less free throws. There's less usage. So I think you kind of have to target, you know, maybe a Tatum or a Shea early in, in the draft so that you don't have to worry about that as much. And especially because in a punt point build, you want defensive cats. So you're looking at a lot of centers. So centers are going to bring your free throw average down in most of the time. So that's another reason why I think free throw more than field goal is something you want to target just because of the sample size being smaller and the fact that you're going to go for some big men later on in the draft. Does it feel somewhat counterintuitive to take someone in the first round who is a big scorer and then go on yes. to punt points? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it it does, but you can find in the first, I'll say with other punt builds, so like free throw, a guy like Giannis will fall to you and then you'll build your team based on drafting Giannis or taking LaMelo and then you'll punt field goal just because those are guys that are the best available. But with a punt point, build going into the draft i think you have to target guys specific guys and more, more than targeting guys you have to avoid particular guys so i would avoid luca or Lamelo or even an anthony edwards or a trey young just because they'll bring your percentages down even a Giannis, i would probably stay away from even though you would think that that his build would work in punt points the turnovers and the free throw are going to kill you so you, you essentially have to punt three categories if you take a guy like Giannis. Um, but taking a, a, a score, I mean, most of the guys in the first round are going to be high usage scorers. Right. So, I mean, you, so you kind of have to target which categories of those high scores are going to be harder to find later on in the draft. And that's definitely free throw. I mean, yeah, you're not going to find high free throw guys later on. That kind of reminds me of what Rhett was talking about on Wednesday um, in for a punt threes build, which was like, look, you might think that you want to attack these things that are the opposite, meaning lean hard into the punt, into the punt, into the punt. But actually early on, you want to use your picks to shore up the categories that are hard to win if you are punting points, whereas... Like, and we'll get into this a little bit later on in the show. If you're punting points and you get later into a draft, you have no problem drafting someone who's going to score like eight and a half points per game. These are just not players that other teams are targeting. That's the easy part. Those are the guys that are like steals specialists that no one's all that interested in because they get nine points per game or guy who blocks shots that scores seven points and six rebounds but gets 1.8 blocks per game or like, Draymond Green, who doesn't score, does rebounds, assists, point or steals, blocks. Said I wasn't going to insert myself, so I'm going to no, I got to dial it back a little bit. Do you ever, Tim? Do you ever get accused when you're talking about this kind of stuff of punting fun? Because the like the players you listed as the ones that are god awful to start your draft with are all the ones that people are like, oh, this is the fun guy I want to start with, like Luca or Giannis or Lamelo or Trey, because. For me, I actually consider it a little bit of a badge of honor now. Uh, right, right. But it does lend itself to extremely boring rosters. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at guys like Derek White or Slow Mo 
it's in his name, you know, but it, it's also yeah. easier to find guys on the waivers this way because people are, you know, they see guys that average 14 points a game on the waivers and they're like, why isn't this guy on a roster? But if you're not targeting points at all, you, you just have no interest in those kind of players. Yeah. They don't do anything for you. I don't care about the right. guy scoring 14 with two, two and one or whatever. Exactly. I want yeah. the guy scoring six with also, you know, five and a half rebounds, like six assists, whatever it turns out to be. Give me TJ McConnell. Yeah, that's, give me give, give me backup burger board TJ McConnell. Give me slow-mo, <laughs> yeah. like you said. That's that's the good stuff. Inject that straight into my veins here. Um, okay, so one of the other questions that popped into my head early on when we were talking was um, we were getting a little bit into how you need to attack percentages. Head-to-head leagues... That feels like a tougher sell because they do bounce around from week to week. How can you ensure that your percentages are rock solid enough in a points format where week to week you won't get hit with a ton of the random variability stuff? On the Roto side, it's easy because it's all over an entire year. If you have a bunch of guys that are decent in those things, you're going to be good at them over an entire season. Is there a specific thing you tweak on head-to-head to try to lock those in a little bit harder? I mean, I guess you could with uh, it's field goal is less of a concern for me. I'll be honest, just because of the bigger sample size and there's more room for error there. Free throw is, is the really tricky one. Mm. Um, just cause if a guy goes two for five, your week is done. Like that can cost you your week. You know, if you have Robert Williams in there um, you could, you could maybe risk sitting a guy like Robert Williams if you're going up against an opponent who's weak in blocks. I would say with head-to-head, uh, it's all about matchup. I mean, it's all about matchups the whole year. I like head-to-head for that reason. I've never really played Roto, but um, just the fact that you can kind of tailor your roster in the, the bottom half of your roster to who you're playing against, um, that just kind of gives you an advantage. And especially... If you're not worried about points, all those other categories you're going to have an advantage of. I mean, points is the easiest or hardest uh, category to get a competitive advantage in just because of the sample size. If you have uh, guys who are, you know, five, five, one, one guys who are one, that's, those are my guys, (laughs) you know, like those are the guys that I want. I want steel block guys. So a guy like Jane McDaniels who are, they're going to go in there and their free throw volume, even a guy like Patrick Williams, who his free throw is, you know, is irrelevant, honestly, but he gets a steal and a block. And in those categories where the sample size is that much smaller, he's going to give you such an advantage over the guy on the other roster who averages like 0.4 steals and 0.4 blocks. If you're starting a punt a punt points team a lot of people think you have to have someone from the first round that's the the perfect fit for that which would basically be anyone in the first round that doesn't average 25 points or more <laughs> give or take like more or less which uh the guys getting drafted this year that fit that mold are basically Halliburton and Jokic yeah i mean so obviously that that makes it easier, right, to start with one of those two guys? 
uh, if you have a high enough pick, then yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. But Jokic is is of course the. I mean, he fits any build, but especially punt points because he just does everything at an elite level. Um, but I think it's trickier towards the second half of the first round. Uh, you kind of, I I'm I'm impressed looking at Kyrie's numbers. I think he actually fits into this build, even though you would think that he wouldn't, just because he's such a big scorer. But he gets he 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 averaged 0.8 blocks last year, so he's a 27. Fine, forget that. But five and five, one and one with three threes. I mean, you still have to win threes. You can't, yeah, you can't ignore that category. And with his turnovers are not terrible either. I don't believe. Was, no, no, uh, not at all. Two two point one two point one last year. Yeah. yeah, that's great for how much he has the balls ball in his hand and. 49% field goal. I mean, I think he's a great fit in this build. I think you have to look at Anthony Davis towards the end of the first round as well. Um, that's a little tricky because then the free throw, you're not solidifying in the first round. So you kind of have to go either punt free throw, punt points, but that's a that's a risky play. Um, but if you're going that way, like in a mock, I had number nine and I was able to get AD and, and triple J. So, I mean, the defensive cats are locked up, essentially, at that point. What do you do? Well, I don't want to move on from the first, second round yet. Is there, uh, is there a specific optimal punt point start? I mean, obviously, Jokic is the guy. So maybe we should just push him off to the side for a minute. Because if you start with Jokic, you can do whatever you want. Punt points is actually... Very simple there because he's only a small positive in that category, and then he's this massive positive in boards and assists and good in steals, and his field goal percent is good, and his free throw percent yeah. is solid enough, blah, blah, blah. Let's wipe Jokic off the board because everybody wants the number one pick. You can do anything with the number one pick. Let's say you don't have the number one pick. For me personally, and I know I said I wasn't going to insert myself, but I, I just want to sort of compare the, the Roto way of playing this versus head-to-head. I don't usually go into a draft thinking I'm going to punt points. As it turns out, I often take guys that are falling. One of the reasons that they fall is that maybe they don't score that much or they're good at the percentages, and a lot of people don't pay attention to those. Is one of the advantages, this is spinning this question on its head, is one of the advantages to this that you're not often competing with the other people on draft day. Like, it's a weird way to, to phrase it, but I, I said right at the outset, there aren't many things you can do that flip a board more than punt points. It feels like you almost don't ever have to go get, quote-unquote, your guy because your guy now is just this nebulous thing. These are just guys that fall to you because they're right. not that exciting. I, I mean, it. Like, it almost feels like, sorry, I, mean, I want to let you answer the question, but it, sometimes it almost feels like you don't even need to try to punt points. Sometimes you feel like you can just do it because nobody else wants these guys for one reason alone. Am I way off base? No, you're not. I mean, in all the mocks that I've done, no matter what position that I've had, I haven't had a problem at all getting the guys that I'm targeting. So, I mean, you're looking at Deontay Murray is falling. Um even a guy like Towns, who people do not value. I mean, the defensive cats are a question mark, but everything else, he he fits this build really well. I mean, his percentages are great. Um, you can look at Drew Holiday, you know, defensive guys. Derek White, I, I'm 
getting every single time. There's no, nobody is going for Derek White. I mean, the, the potential Drew rumor could upset that. But I mean, as things stand now, you know, he's a great fit. His percentage maybe is lacking, um, but everything else, I mean, steals, he's going to, he's going to bolster your steals a lot. And he's an elite assist, I guess you could call it in five boards a game. Uh, I mean, that's, that's going to get it done in a punt points build. Um, so you're, you're not wrong at all. These are guys that fall to me every single time. I mean, even a guy, I, I choosing between like Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi, I think either one you can fit your draft around, but these five, five guys where you don't even acknowledge their point total they they don't stand out as much, but you know, you can get a guy like Jalen Williams, like pretty late in the draft. And I think he's, he's going to help you win, you know, eight out of nine categories. So, okay, let me, let's, let's start to um, narrow it down a tiny bit more. Uh, excuse me. The, who would you be trying to target at different junctures if this was a strategy you were going into draft day on? Because like I said, I'm not usually trying to do it. One of the leagues I won last year, I was very much not punting points. I sort of like stumbled my way into a few old guys who happened to have good years and scored a bunch. And like I think I ended up with Larry Markin in late, and he was a big scoring bump in that league. So I didn't need to do it. But then there's a lot of situations where I get through the entire draft, and I still want to say, like, well, I'm not good in points, but how bad am I really? And then we'll, you and I will talk about this in just a second. I want to talk about the trade element of punting points because that's one of my favorite parts of being in a punt points build. But if you were looking at, like, you talked about Jalen Williams, you talked about Cat, you talked about DeJounte, who are some of the other guys either in the first, middle, or late chunks of drafts where you do feel like, Look, if I'm going to punt points, I really do think I want this guy on my roster. Like, he's not, no one is really a, like, with punt points, no one is that guarantee, punt free throw, like, you need to have Luka or Giannis. Otherwise, it's sort of a technique that doesn't really make sense. Um, and there's always that one guy, like, if you're punting threes, you're probably starting with Shea, honestly, at the top, because, like, you get a guard that doesn't hit a ton of threes, but he does all these other things. With punt points, I very rarely feel like there's a guy that I had to do, but putting it back on you now, who are some of the other targets? You mentioned Jalen Williams. You mentioned a few others. Who else is on your list of guys you really feel like, like if you're on punting points on draft night, this is a guy you got to make sure you snap. Well, this might be a little bit lower than um, you were expecting, but I think Draymond is a must have. Totally. I mean, he just fits the, he fits the build so perfectly. He's the face of this build for years. I mean, he, he does everything that you need him to do. The the percentages, you know, are are moot, but everything else, all the counting stats, he's he's elite at. So I, I think he's a must get. I think um, I, I've Jimmy Butler. The re, uh, reliability might be an issue, but I think he fits the mold really well. Um, I like Deontay a lot. His field goal might be questionable, but as I said, you, you're going to target a lot of big men, so that's probably going to balance itself out. I think you got to get one of the big block guys. You got to get Turner or Kessler or Brooke Lopez. Uh, Turner's a little bit expensive. I'll say that third round is tricky. You know, the third, fourth, fifth pick that you make kind of sets the whole tone of your team. So I think you gotta, you gotta be smart there. 
Turner, I'm, I, his, his reliability is always a question for me. So he's not a guy that I like to take, but because he's, he's a category winner on his own, you gotta, you know, look his direction for sure. And I think way late, I'm, I'm getting him in the 11th round. Yeah, let's Montrose. go, man. Dig you deep. I know. Yeah. You might know what I'm about to say, but Benson, it's, he's, Oh, that one hurts a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's worth a flyer for sure. I mean, if if he's playing and he doesn't get to the free throw line that much, and if I have him, I'm going to pray that he doesn't, but he's he fits this build perfectly. I mean, there's no other way around it. Okay, strategically <laughs> now, because with Roto, when I'm punting points, folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. I'm really focused hard on being as good as I can in all eight other categories. In head-to-head, if you're punting points, you really still only need to be great in five. Obviously, it's better if you can get good in six or even seven, but getting to that marker where you feel confident you're going to win eight categories would be almost impossible. Um, And that's the beauty of Roto, at least in my eyes, is like you don't need to be the best in the league in eight categories. You just need to be very, very good in eight. But head-to-head now, thinking about this strategically from a category-to-category perspective, I'm moving us away from individual players here. If you are punting points, you mentioned other things that you're likely to have some issues with are the percentages... So points is out. Uh, one, sometimes both of the percentages. We can call that three. Is there anything else folks need to be super worried about? Is it threes? Is that the other one that you want to be like, I don't want to say focused on, but one of those other three you really want to shore up early? Yeah, but threes is probably the easiest category to stream, I would say. So you can get that um, late or even mid, yeah, mid-season. Yeah, but the the tricky thing with that is guys that are three-point specialists normally don't offer anything else other than threes and points um, and maybe free throw but and low turnovers, I guess. So that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a few categories. There. But I, w- I, would, I would argue then, like, with a punt points build, your team's probably pretty good at turnovers to begin with. Right. Yeah, right. so you don't need a whole lot of help there. It does, it does afford you a little bit of wiggle room if you want to pick someone up who stinks at turnovers because mm-hmm. your main guys probably don't have that many outside of like probably the first round or something like that. Um, so what are the ones then that go along with punting or flip side of that when you're punting points, what is it very easy to be good at? 
Uh, well, the defensive cats, I, I'm not sure if I'd say it's easy, but you better be good at those if you're punting points because that's the whole that's the whole build. I mean, those those should be your your strongest categories, your defensive, and then your counting stats, your rebounds and assists. Uh, and and I would say field goal because of the the big men that you're you're gonna get along with your block numbers, and then that's gonna help your rebound numbers, and that's gonna help your field goal numbers. So field goal, I don't think is is as problematic as free throw is in this build. Um, but I, I think it, uh, it of course helps no matter what build you have to get a big man that's that's good at free throws. But those are so inc- incredibly rare. Um, but I think just the amount of big man that there are on the board. Uh, that's not going to be hard for you to shore up those big men categories in a punt points build. Do you recommend for head-to-head punting points and free throw and just saying the heck with it? Or is that more of a, you know, let's see what I have after three, four rounds and then make that kind of call? Yeah, I think that's more of a a draft adjustment. Um, I would never go in trying to punt multiple categories because the room for error is just too large there. Um, but it, it really would give you a lot of flexibility in terms of drafting. I mean, you you would not be afraid of any big men on the board. So you can look <laughs> at a guy like Claxton and and you know take him without issue. But uh I don't I don't like to punt free throw just because it's such a winnable category. Um and especially if you get an elite free throw guy in the first round, um uh, then uh, there are there are a lot of elite free throw guys in the first round, so it's easy to take one and to build around that and still punt points because the guys are so um, complete as fantasy players. So they can provide every other category outside of a few, but, um, but so I wouldn't want to punt free throw unless you're later in the first round and you're taking AD, then you can, you can explore that scenario. Okay. Let's talk trades for a minute here before I let you go, before I, uh, let you emerge from the hot seat and um, go take a deep breath. My one of, I don't want to say my favorite, but one of my favorite aspects of punting points is because we, I'm just going to refer to this collective we, me, you, and anybody that's watching that wants to do it too, because we view the board upside down, trades are incredibly easy to pull off because our rank list doesn't look anything like anybody else's in this particular i mean i would like everybody to do an experiment with us that's watching this show live and by the way i want to remind everybody we're talking to at me tim sim on twitter he's tim sim uh he's part of multiple actually divisions here at uh, at sports ethos baseball dfs baseball in general nba as you can see punt points um and please as i i've been doing i think a better job of this reminding everybody hey just like 10, 15% of you guys hit the thumbs up button on a video. It really does go a long way towards helping spread the uh, the good word. So like, subscribe, rate and subscribe on the podcast channels, all that great stuff. I also should mention here that we are five days away from the Brewski 150 officially dropping for Ethos 360 subscribers. Go to sportsethos.com. Get yourself an Ethos, Ethos 360 plan. That's hard to say. And the B150 is yours Five days from now, Wednesday, that's coming up, October the 4th. It's the first and only place you can get access to it for another, I think, five days after that. So you'll be all alone in the universe with the B-150, just thwomping everyone on draft day. Uh, And you can use our sweet new draft tracker tool as well. But shelving the promo. I have plenty of time for promo during the run-up. I'm I'm so excited about talking punt points, I want to get back into it. 
I would like everybody to do a little experiment with us. Go to Basketball Monster and go to the player ranking page. Choose to punt categories and click the punt points button and then sort by the amount gained punting points. And just tell me if you see even like six names you recognize on that list. That's that's what I mean when I say it flips the board. The players last year, and I'm going to throw away the ones that only played like four games. The players last year that saw the biggest boost in value in a punt points format that everyone had heard of. Alex Caruso, Matisse Thibel, Mitch Robb, Delon Wright, Gary Payton, who only played 22 games, but you get it, John Conchar, and Isaiah Hartenstein. I mean, this is like, this is a true who's who of who, who? (laughs) But that's what I mean when I say punting points flips the board. So, Tim, how do you use that to your advantage for trades? Because everybody's heard me do my spiel on, you know, trade ROI. It just seems like you can create so many things that are a, a vast mismatch, but still really helps your team. Right. Yeah. You can target all the guys that people don't want at the end of their <laughs> yeah, roster. They just want to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Like DeAnthony Melton, he was on and off rosters all year, but he was an elite steals guy. I mean, he's a category winner for some people last year. Um, you know, Jaden McDaniels, people are like, what, what Jaden McDaniels? Who? Who wants him? I mean, he's going to be a guy that I target early and often in in my drafts. He's a steel block guy. These are the steel block guys that people don't value. I mean, they're so high on your board, so much higher than everybody else's. So you can just pick off some of these guys from from you know casuals if you want to. <laughs> oh, you know, clowns on clowns yeah. on the casuals here. Uh, no, that's that's funny. I love it. Um, so, yeah, my my take on the trades thing, and I think everybody's heard it, but I, I just I'll throw it back out there, is that um, Draymond Green, to me, is the perfect example of this. I very rarely draft Draymond Green because I know I can go get him in the middle of the season for cheaper than what somebody got him for on draft day. Because he's going to go out there, and someone inevitably is going to take him at, like, 80, and he's going to look old, and he's going to shoot his backpack three-pointers oh by the way as we're talking the quote came out uh apparently about what jordan Poole told draymond and they said you're an expensive backpack for 30 uh and then he got socked in the mug so that's fun hilarious from last year um but that's draymond though like someone's gonna draft him and they're gonna think that they're getting this resurgent young draymond but he's he's old now uh and he's gonna be like you know 100 to 115 range per game but in a punt points build, he's like a top 50, top 60 guy. And so this magical twist, you can go get him with whatever rando on your team is still putting up 17, 18 points a night, but is ranked, I don't know, 80-something and doesn't have almost any value to our punt points team. I feel like a good example of this from last year is like, oh, I don't know, CJ McCollum who averaged 20 points a game, and he did get 5.7 assists, which is good, but he tanked percentages. Um, his rebounds weren't that great. His steals and blocks were kind of meh. You could go get someone ranked 20 slots lower who fit your build way better because it's all about this this ROI. You don't need the 20 points that he was giving you there. 
And everybody's going to look at it, and everybody in your league would veto the trade because they'd be like, what are you doing giving up the guy who's scoring 21 points for the guy scoring eight? But when we do it, we know exactly what we're doing. And it works every damn time. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Some Someone like Kuzma fits that as well. Yeah. You're, you're going to see like Jordan Poole. If you take him, you, you can take players with the intent to drop, to trade them. You know, that's, a, of course, an option. Um, you could you could even do that in the first round if you want. Um, I mean, that's a tricky way to go into it. But if, if you want to take LaMelo and then, you know, people will see his gaudy numbers and you can trade him for a, like a third and a fourth rounder probably and get some really good value and get like, I don't know, a, probably a Scotty Barnes and somebody else, maybe even a Vooch in, in a two for two and really shore up some of your categories while while trading a first round who, who everybody is going to be ogling over you know, but he doesn't provide that much value to you in terms of what else is available out there yep that's it that's the beauty of it and officially tim you are off the hot seat uh i will say before we do that what do you got in the hopper these days shill my man shill for yourself well i got uh I'm going to break down the DFS slate for today in baseball. As soon as we get off this call, I'm going to drop oh, some prize picks picks. So check, take a look out for those. I'll drop some more pickums on Sunday. Uh, and then, yeah, we got the baseball playoffs after this week. So yeah, Dodgers. Yes, there we it's go. Yep. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can do this. Hold on. I dropped my phone, but we can go with a hat switch on Let's air. Let's go. There All we right. go. This hat is not, I didn't, Properly pull the hat out. There we go. Let's get the Doyers hat going. Right. Go Dodgers. Um, plus, they got a weekend series with the Giants, so I can wear this hat and feel good mm -hmm. about it either way. Uh, yeah, a lot of Los Angeles love on this bad boy. Um, Tim, I think we got... Uh, oh, I, li I like this comment, actually, from Jason. Draft AK-47. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, 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 that was the one. Or um, I'm trying to say... Yeah, the Matrix is always the first-round pick yeah. at that point. I had a weird soft spot for Josh Smith, even though his free-throw number was oh, bad. Yeah. Um, those big block guy. Big block Great. guy. Yeah, those, yeah. Those are like the dudes back in the in mm. the uh, early, mid-2000s. <laughs> it's just like yeah. my, our, my, our... I don't know. I can't remember if we're close in age, but my, my late college years. I was in college from 01 to 05, and I think... I feel like AK-47 was like right after that. But honest to goodness, I can't remember the way the years line up. <laughs> I think I feel like actually the beginning of my college days, Scotty Pippen at the very last gasps of his career, I think in Portland, was like the best punt points kind of guy. Okay, that was a little before my time. Yeah, I know. I'm gray <laughs> I'm gray bearded it over here a tiny bit. Uh we had another question about um Points, yeah, punting points and percentages. We oh, good call, Jason. Crash, Crash Wallace was yes, cool for a year. That's a good yeah. one. Didn't um, did I hear that the the um the Hornets wanted to like retire his Bobcats number or something like that, or because that team moved to New Orleans? I don't remember how that goes. Are they gonna hang a Bobcats jersey in the rafters? That would be amazing, by the that way. That'd be cool. I yes. want I want Brevin Knight up there. I want like pre <laughs> Primos Brezich up in the Bobcats Raptors. Um. Goofy story that has nothing to do with anything, but uh, NBA 2K, like, 3 or something like that. <laughs> Talking about my college years again, everybody. My roommates and I, we did player lock, and we played as the Bobcats to see if we could win, and uh, that was wonderful. I was Brevin Knight. 
my roommate, one of them was Gerald Wallace, and the other was Primoz Brezic, and we just controlled those three players for an entire season. Uh, Andy Watkins says, go ahead, punt points and punt field goal percent and go crazy. Now, you said do the flip of that. Punts and free throw is easier. Points and free throw, rather. Well, I just think because of the amount of big men on the board, that's kind of an easier way to do it. But yeah, uh, punt points and field goal you can do. I mean, go go get a guy like Drew Holiday for sure. And that I mean, you you would just it's the emphasis would be on steals as opposed to blocks. But that way, with all the guards, you would be good in uh, threes as well. So that works too. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can attack a punt points build, which is part of the beauty of it. And as you were saying, it's easy to to adjust midseason that way. If you go in with punt points, because you can lean on your guards or lean on your big men, and they're all cheaper than everybody else, you know, is targeting. So I I, I just like the flexibility it gives you in terms of constructing your roster yeah same and just how much it's such a low pressure way to draft too where all these guys just sort of fall into your lap because nobody wants them. oh it's so comfortable yeah you just sit back and just let them fall to you let them fall the only problem i will say the only problem with a punt points or like a soft even a soft punt points philosophy is that at the end of almost every draft i look at my team and i go eh. (laughs) yeah yeah like have you ever finished a punt points draft and thought yes Never. No, yeah. Not once. Yeah. You got to trust the process. That's right. Trust the process. Yeah. Nico says regarding trading in general, especially punting points, for example, would you give the best player for two solid players who'd fit the punt? Um, my answer to that is um, yes, but I also don't like trading one for twos. I'd rather trade the best, best, quote unquote, so highest ranked on a rank board player, but I want the one guy who's the perfect fit for my team. How do you feel about this particular question? I think it's always tricky in the one for twos because people just don't take into account the, the empty roster spot. Yeah. So when you're not, it's not really one for two, it's one plus a waiver guy for two. Right. So normally the one elite guy plus the waiver guy is going to be just as good as the two mid guys. And the one guy is much more reliable. So that that's why they're elite. Yep. So it's, it's tricky. I would say, uh, I got SGA, this year, there's another question. Is it a good idea to punt points and threes? I, I mean, threes feels like... I did. I actually did a, a mock earlier today where I ended up trying out a punt threes with SGA. Um, I don't think you have to punt points with him, no, though. His points are quite good. 31 a game last year, yeah. I mean, he got a block a game, too. He's, he's crazy. But free throw, <laughs> the percentages, you're good. I was going to say the other way that you don't need to punt threes with him. Interesting. Say, well, tell yeah. me more. Well, just because, I mean, the, how many guys that are three-point shooters? It's the highest. So I took an average of all the categories, the top 225 players projected by Yahoo, and there are 119 guys who average over one and a half threes, which is by far, that's more than, average the average points is 14 a game 107 guys average more than 14 points a game so threes is the easiest category to find by that Mm. metric so i i just think and and you can always stream threes i mean there's not it's not like shea is a negative three point guy in that category Uh, i mean he can hit he, he averaged one a game so i don't think it's necessary to punt threes the points i know it looks like, what am I doing punting points? I have a 30-point-a-game score. But, 
I think with the percentages and with everything else that he offers you, you don't, you know, you, you don't have to target points because if, if you chase points, then you're going to end up with guys like Jordan Poole, guys that are not that great in fantasy because you're going to be looking at guys that are high scorers where if you just completely take points off the board, it, it does change the way that you look at the draft board. Albert J asks if a punt point and assist combo is a good way to win a roto league. I think this is more uh, aimed at me. So I'll answer that first and you can answer that on the head to head side. I actually have no problem uh, getting assists in a punt points format. There are actually quite a few guys that end up getting overlooked um, as assist guys because they don't score at all. Chris Paul being maybe the the premier example of this type of player who scores like yeah. 13, 14 points, but was hyper elite in assists and steals. And up until last year when he lost his jumper, was very good in both percentages also. Uh, Draymond is a non-scoring assist guy. Um, we've seen, I mean, un, as crazy as it sounds, Jokic is a non, he scores 24, but MVP scoring 24 is kind of unusual because he does all of the other things. Um, you got guys like a Markel Fultz, you got Tyus Jones, you got Trey Jones. There are guys out there that are going to, even if you want to go deeper into the the nasty bucket with like a Mike Conley who was like 12 points but six and some odd assists, you can get these other you can get assists without getting uh, a boatload of scoring with them. And in fact, even James Harden last year he didn't shoot that much last season. He was 21 points with his 11 assists. So um, I actually think you can get assists uh, while punting points, and, and to me that's not that hard of one to grab. Tim, do you have anything to add on that one, or did I steal it all? No, no. I mean, there are a few other guys like Fultz you can get late. I mean, Marcus Smart you can get late. He's probably going to be pretty good, especially when Jaw is out. Um, but, yeah, the Joneses, as you said. So I think uh, assist is actually pretty deep this year. Yeah. Um, certainly, actually, maybe even more so if you're punting points because you don't need to – try to roll them up you don't need to take the guy scoring 26 in the second round to make sure you're great in points you can go take someone else you can go take somebody who's going to get you seven assists instead and not worry about the other stuff um jason asked a question of me i was i last night before i passed out to sleep i was like this is where i like to draft um yes steph is probably my seven is the answer to that question do you take steph at seven yes if those other names that we've talked about we've beaten that horse into the ground if those guys are off the board Indeed. And now, officially, Tim, we got some really good questions, so I wanted to hit you with them before I let you go. Um, enjoy doing the baseball DFS here after we get off air. He is Tim Sim. Give him a damn round of applause wherever you're sitting. Uh, Tim, thank you so much, my man. We'll talk soon. All right. Later, Dan. Tim doesn't have to sit around and listen to me finish up the podcast. That was wonderful. You guys know I love punting points, um, so getting to talk about it with another living being because it is a boring way to draft. It's exceedingly boring, and it's why, um, and it's why all of my ranking discussions with other analysts are unreasonable. And it's because I feel differently about players on the board than almost anybody else out there. I personally believe that the punt points, and again, it, it can be a soft punt. You know, I tried to tailor these shows this week to more of a hard punt philosophy, like 
for Tim today, hey, who are the guys you're targeting if you go into a draft thinking, I'm going to punt points? For me, you guys know we've talked about this a thousand times, and, and I forced Tim onto the spot. I think in general he's probably not going into draft like, I'm going to punt points every time, but I wanted him to be able to shine light on that idea. What if, what if this is what we were going to do? You guys know in general my philosophy is don't go into the draft looking to punt something. Generally, I don't finish a draft looking to punt something. I prefer to actually see how my team fares for two months and then make my midseason tweaks, whether that's trading off a category that I'm already quite bad at, which oftentimes is this sort of this punt team. If I'm like third from the bottom, and it's easier to tell in Roto than it is in head-to-head because some of the fluctuations and injuries and things like that. But if you're like third from the bottom in Roto, take whatever guy on your team is deriving his value from points that you have just because you drafted them when you were still building out a team and flip them into somebody that makes more sense for your club. That's why I love trading so much. So uh, in general, I think it makes more sense to kind of soft punt a lot of this stuff in almost everything we talked about all week long. Um, We'll try to get some more punt discussions going between now and the start of the season. No one in our Slack thread popped up and said rebounds, which (laughs) considering there's big men everywhere, I guess I can understand why nobody really wants to punt rebounds right now. Uh, And then everybody's punting field goal percent. So I didn't think we really needed a show on that. And frankly, I think it's probably time to start zagging because punting field goal is no longer a zig. Now it's just like regular punt turnover, punt field goal, and everybody's just hard hunting volume guys. But now there's a way to sort of sneak attack them. I'll also say this. Nothing pisses off a team more in head-to-head than when that team wins points and loses on all the weird fringe categories. Because I've been on both sides of that, and I'm betting you all have at least one point in your lives as well. You go into a week thinking you're this the absolute juggernaut. You come in, you know, big swing and you know what. I got this team that's scoring a billion points a week. And it gets to the end of the week and you won points and you won free throw percent and you won threes and you lost the other six categories. And you let and you're looking back on it like, how the did that happen? How did I lose boards and assists and steals and blocks and both percent or one, you know, field goal percent and turnovers? How is this team beating me? They don't have no business winning a head-to-head league. But guess what? There's a way. Nico, who says many thanks for the almost daily podcast. It's actually sometimes twice daily. You guys are all very welcome. But guess what? It's only September 29th. We got a long way to go. Plus, we'll be doing these shows all season long, like I always do. Fantasy NBA Today is a daily podcast. I went on a stretch of almost two and a half years without missing a Monday through Friday show. I did finally break that streak in mid-May in an early 40th birthday present from uh, me to me when I went out of town with my wife and not children. (laughs) And then we got COVID a month and a half later, and I had to break a a new, like, 35-show streak. But this one is rolling, baby. This one is rolling. I'm going to try to get you guys a mock draft over the weekend. We'll see how that goes. Um, Worst-case scenario, we'll be back on Monday with a bunch of new stuff. Uh, We're going to be talking to Brewski early next week as well. Somehow we missed out on this week. I don't know what happened there. I think with all the punch shows, it just got buried. That's not cool. So we're talking to the big dog next week. Uh, We're going to be talking to Josh Lloyd next week. we got a head-to-head strategy show. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And... Oh, Industry Mock Draft is coming up next week as well. For God, that's really sweet. 
Anyway, uh, like, subscribe. You guys know the drill. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you when we talk to you. For Tim, I'm Dan. We'll see you guys on social. Later.